Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. I've been called a lot of things in my time. Sensitive, not really. Uh, either way, uh, unfortunately, you can't be in the space and to be sensitive. Somebody else who's not particularly sensitive is Dr. Franz Cronier. Uh, he is the former CEO of the South African Institute of Race Relationships. Uh, race, race relations. You're not so sensitive either, are you? No, not particularly, no. <laughs> Were you ever? No. Okay, no, well, there we no. go. Uh, it's, it's, uh, look, but you can't be, because the minute you stand up, as you have stood up over over the last number of years, uh, the the things that come your way, I can only imagine. Yeah, but, you know, if if you are willing to say things that are true... Mm-hmm. Over time, that's very valuable because it goes to a reputation for credibility. And and one thing I found, I think it's very relevant Mm. to the current conflict in Gaza, is that in the short term, there, there will be critics and some of them will be very harsh. But if you say things that are true and you stand on those positions and you remain consistent... In the fullness of time, you'll see that you win a great credibility, and um, that—that's very important. So don't—I mean, just—we will get into this in a moment, mm, I'm sure. Mm. But but for 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 South African Jews um, and for South Africans broadly, who might not be Jews that that are sympathetic to the position of Israel in the Middle East. Yes, you are coming under an incredibly vitriolic attack and that's very difficult but don't let that dissuade you in entirely stand up for what is true and right and good and correct and in the fullness of time that will be on the record while your critics will also be on the record together with the consequences of their criticism so my mind i mean i, I think advice. that's very i think that's such yeah. a uh, it's such a, a bit of a, a Note of comfort for me, and and uh, because uh, you know it is sometimes quite, quite remarkable and alarming and perplexing to see this, but uh, I do believe that if, that we are standing on the right side of history, and and there is this this I, I really don't know what it is, and that's what I wanted to ask you, the the ANC's almost pathological, uh, and and I really am. am Cautious of using the word uh, of pathologizing things, but this does seem to be obsessive. There, there's there's things happening all around the world where South Africa refuses to get involved, refuses to comment, but on Israel, it and the amount of man hours that has been put into this obsession in the last month is is breathtaking. What do you make of it? Yeah, okay. This this is a good question. Let's to, to try and understand what's going on. I, I encourage you to take a great many steps backwards this is not so much a conflict between Israel and the Palestinians or between Hamas and the IDF it's much broader and more important than that what what this is actually about is a war between Iran on the one side and Israel and to a lesser extent the United States and allied countries on the other. Mm-hmm. And that's a war about values, about how the world should be structured, 
on the one hand you have the cruel oppressive autocracy of the regime in Tehran and the extremist ideology that it represents and on the other side you have the western liberal ideal of free and open societies that offer their people that, that value the sovereign inherent worth of an individual and that's what this conflict is essentially about the south african government has picked the side of the iranians in this conflict that's the 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 the, the key single piece of understanding mm. and the reasons for that should be and will be explored in much greater detail and some of that exploration will touch on things such as for example the MTN deal mm. a cell phone deal in Iran a number of years ago and the allegations around the corruption that might have attached itself to that deal and whatever leverage that has afforded the Iranians over the South African government in Pretoria today so don't let the South Africans get away with telling you this is this is identifying with the cause of the Palestinian people no one who identifies with the cause of the Palestinian people would be a staunch supporter of Hamas and in the South African case let's just follow the Hamas mm, uh, mm. cookie trail mm. 2007 South Africa's intelligence minister hosts Hamas in South Africa 2011 the South African embassy in Ramallah hosts Hamas to discuss solutions to the Palestinian question in 2012 Hamas operatives are sent to South Africa to lobby for the release of 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 Hamas prisoners and other interests in 2014 a Hamas front organization sanctioned by the US Treasury to South Africa In 2015 the then head of the Hamas political bureau um, Musa Abu Marzouk visits South Africa including visiting with the then head of state and senior leaders of the ANC um and at that stage a South African cabinet minister which happens to be Gwede Mantashe mm. flights the prospect of Hamas opening an office in South Africa 2017 Hamas appears at the ANC's policy conference that elects Mr Ramaphosa or the, the 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 national conference that elects Mr Ramaphosa the same conference mm. that 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 pursues the revolution to downgrade the Israeli embassy to a field office now Hamas is an Iranian proxy organization it's it's funded financed inspired radicalized by the Iranians so um what what you're seeing in the approach of the South African government here is leverage that it suffers at the hands of Iran mm, mm. and it is the same kind of dynamic most likely as what gave, a very very good example is how did state capture happen in South Africa right how did it happen that an organization like the African National Congress that 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 had once played such an important role in seeking to liberate the country from apartheid oppression how did its leaders come to behave in such a depraved fashion in in looting the resources that were meant for the rebuilding of the country well the answer is very simple 
Leverage is developed over individual ANC and government leaders, and that leverage turns them to direct uh, government resources to the pursuit of these deplorable objectives. And, 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 and my sense is that exactly the same thing has happened here. It's a second kind of state capture. Call it Iranian mm, state mm. capture. So that's, that's what I felt. Is, you know, when you read these Durko statements, they, they aren't written by Durko. They are written by whoever is controlling Durko. There's, there's no doubt in, in my mind. Maybe that person uh, sits within Durka. I'm not I was saying suggesting, yeah. but, but they are very externally written. They could be written by a BDS organization, by Iran, by, by Hamas. And you read this and, you, and the sense is that there's been a capture. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's a sense that deserves a far greater investigation now and exploring. It's also totally at odds with the interests of South Africa's people. Of course. Um, we, 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 I, I, I happen to chair a small organization called the Social Research Foundation that polls a political and broader opinion in the country. We'll later today release a note on South African, uh, perceptions of Israel and particularly mm-hmm. whether South Africans perceive Israel to be an apartheid state. Mm. And I think the numbers we put out today, if I, if I recall the note from yesterday evening, is that only one in three South Africans believes that Israel is a country that practices apartheid so policies towards Palestinian interesting people. Interesting that. It's really fascinating. But are you saying then that the – and I know they're signaling me to stop, but I'm ignoring them completely because it's too interesting. No, no, Mukundi, I'm ignoring you. Can you see? This is me ignoring you. Uh, the the idea that the what you're suggesting to some extent is that it goes back to the traditional ANC uh, style, which is corruption uh, around potentially uh, financial corruption. Do you do you think that there is? Well, um, what- how does yeah. ideology come into it? When you look at Naledi Pandor, she seems, it seems more obsessive than simply just corruption. Of course there's traditional, uh, ANC ideology at play here, but that's not necessarily the problem. The ANC's traditional sympathy for the Palestinian people, mm. and at least the nominal pursuit of a solution to the, uh, conflagration in the Middle East, and possible two-state solution. These are all perfectly legitimate positions for the ANC to hold. And, and, and you should understand why it holds those positions. And it may, may, you might even encourage it mm, to hold mm, those positions. Mm. That's not what this is about. That's the critical point to make. The current stance of the South African government towards Israel is not the historical position in terms of, 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 of seeking a solution to the Palestinian question in the Middle East. It is something quite different and very much more sinister, and it's got Iran's fingerprints all over it. And that is how you should understand the statements, the position, the vitriol, the hate, because it is, it is hate mm, mm. that is emanating from the South African government towards the country's Jewish community and towards the, 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 the broader sort of... Um, is Israeli diaspora around the world. Dr. Franz Crenier, thank you for that fascinating conversation, former CEO of the South African Institute of Race Relations.